again, we want to get some different perspectives on um, dating as well as like marriage and stuff like that. So um, one of the first questions that I had was, is it important to have friends that are in the same relationship status as you? So if you are single, should you surround yourself more with your single friends? If you're married, should you surround yourself more with people who are married as well and vice versa? Um, we talked about this before when we, you know, finally got married. Um, I think it is necessary to be around people who are married too. I'm not going to say, oh, I can't be around somebody who's single, but I think the majority of your, of your you know, friends should be married just because like you don't want to get that. I don't know, like, I, <laughs> I don't like that negative, like. Like a negative vibe, kind of. No, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, you should definitely surround yourself with married people when you're married. What do you think? I mean, I, I think um, you know, if you do, I think you can surround yourself with people who are not married. Also, I think there needs to be an understanding there, um, and also boundaries set. If anything was to break those boundaries or that understanding, then of course you need to yeah. break that friendship off a kind of, you know, keep it kind of distant, I would say. But um, I, I think that's fine. I would prefer to, um, you know, kind of, you know, hang around more married folk, people that are in the same, you know, status as me. I, I feel like we can kind of learn and, you know, just kind of um, benefit from being yeah. in a relationship with one another. So, yeah. Um, definitely. Lens, were you about to say something? Uh, I wasn't, but I will. <laughs> um, I think that it's important um, to have people who, I mean, just like how we say representation matters. Um, growing up, it's good for young people to see people that look like them doing things that they desire to do. And I think it's just as equally as important as when you're married, <clears throat> um, that you should have married friends. I'm not saying that you have to throw out all your single friends, but you're in a different season. Um, I think Albany said it last week. When you're married, um, and then it's still kind of different too, because like Chloe and Nico, they're married, but they're younger. They don't have any kids right now. So, you know, just running out and saying, hey, I'm about to go hang out with my girls. Is that a cool with you? It looked different than it would look for me because I have kids. So I have to set up a plan in place. So it's nice to have people who who have gone before you trailblazers and it's also nice to have people who can tell you i am not six is but this baby is i'm out of breath um um it's nice to have people to get advice from because it is a different season you know what i mean like it's not the same season that you were in so i'm not saying because you meet them people who be being real deep they get married and like i can only speak to my husband right <laughs> It's definitely, I don't think that serious is because I find that I learn a lot from even my single friends. You know what I mean? Even in how they desire, how they see things, how they, and I take, I can take that to my husband. I'm like, oh, well, I heard this. And he's like, oh, wow. You know, people are knowledgeable just because they single don't mean they stupid. <laughs> um, so I think it's, it's, it's balance. Balance is always good. Um, balance and moderation. Yeah. And I think one of the, um, important thing that he said was setting boundaries um, between, I guess, like if, you know, with him being, you being married, 
um, setting boundaries with your friends that are single, you know, the advice that they may give you, um, I guess some people would say is maybe not valid because what do you know about marriage? You're single, you know what I mean? So, but um, I think it's definitely important to um, set boundaries between your single friends. Um, anyone else? Did you just say like um, you were, were you just saying Ayana that a single person might say something to a married couple and then they're like, well, what do you know about marriage? Because you've never been married. Is that what you just said? Well, some married people may look at it as why would you take advice from a single person who may not know what okay. you're going through? So how can, yeah. you, how can, you know what I mean? I agree. I agree that, that some people do say that, but I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and I, I'm sure the married folks can correct me on that. I, I think there's a line there because me personally, and I know Bishop Holly said this on the last episode and I agree with him and I'm not married, never been married. Um, he said that his first marriage, he got married when he was 19. And I'm sorry, I don't know what age y'all got married at. And he said that he wouldn't recommend that. And I agree with that. And um, and this is no offense to y'all. I don't know what age y'all got married at. And I'm just saying as a ballpark, I wouldn't recommend it. And I'm saying that because, not because I have been married, obviously, um, but I say that because there's a lot of things that go on in that 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24 age bracket um, that to me, if you're single and dating or single and not dating, um, you're you go through a lot of things. The whole finding yourself thing, like uh, Elder Jake had mentioned on one of our last podcasts, a single and save session. Um, and I've seen marriages or I know of people that got married at that age. And I feel like just by listening to them, whether they talk to me or um, whatever they have been through, if they had maybe waited, things would have been different. And that, is that to say that they may not have been married to that same person? No, not necessarily. Um, but maybe you could have dated that person for longer during those years. Maybe you could have traveled while you're single and dating in those years. You know, so that's why I was going to say, I agree with what Bishop Holly said last, um, last podcast, last episode, um, with the whole dating thing as far as for getting married at that age. So I think sometimes just because someone is not in that same relationship status as you does not mean technically that they can't give you a tip. But at the end of the day, they're not in your situation, like you said. So I don't think that they can say everything because they've never been married. But that doesn't mean that they can't give you a little tip, I guess. I wouldn't go as far as putting it as advice because they're not in that situation, but a little tip or something like that. I mean, you could have somebody that's dated for 30 years and now they're 50 and they've never been married. That doesn't mean they don't know what to do for a woman because they've never been married because somebody that's been married might not be doing it right. <laughs> so now you need somebody to tell you, okay, this is not what you do for your wife, you know, so. What do you think? Yeah, I, know, I agree. And I, I'm a firm believer. I, I feel like you know, advice can come from anywhere. God can use anybody to minister to you at any time. So it could be somebody single, it could be somebody married. So I mean, I, I agree with that. I do. Agree. Yeah, I agree with it too. Because uh, you said that you have, you think that at 19, 19 year olds shouldn't get married. That's what you were saying, Albany? Yeah, like that's a very young age to get married for me because that's like, yeah, I even use myself like I didn't go to college right away. And sometimes I look back at somebody that I meet that's like 24 and they I don't know. Y'all know they got some type of they're like, oh, I'm an engineer and it might take a little longer than that. But I'm like, see, I wasted all that time. That's what I mean by that. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Um, we got married like what, 25, but we was dating for like we think for like forever. But at the right. same time, um, when I was 19, we wasn't even like, well, I didn't. I was in college. I think he was at another college. So it was just like, 
we was together, but we was no separate. But I mean, it worked out for us, I guess. But it all depends on that on that person. I feel. Yeah. I think that the individual is the kicker and the key and everything. Like there's no one size shoe fits all. Like I know they say they got one head that fits all, but y'all know if you got a bigger head, it don't fit your head. And you know, certain things like that. And I think that statements, <clears throat> I can't say, say be made, but things are said to one size fits all. Like I agree with that at 19, there's so much of the world to see. There's so much of yourself that you don't know. But will I say that you cannot get married at 19? I won't say that. I was 23 when I got married. My husband was 29. But there have been people who get married at, and I know we we joke and we talk about back in the day, but at 17 and 40 years later, they're still together. You know what I mean? It's, it's not everybody, but you can still get young that married and you grow together. You learn yourself together. I'm not the same person that I was when I married my husband when I was 23 years old and I just turned 30 last Sunday. But can I say I have enjoyed him and enjoyed the growth? There were times where you'd be like, oh, bro, all right, <laughs> not going to turn this in, but I enjoy it. So I just wouldn't say that you can't do this. But as Albany said, there is also a lot out there to see. Like, don't let that be your number one goal. I got to get married because there's so much to do and so much to see. And the church people will put emphasis on you. Girl, you got to get married because your ex is drained up. Girl, people be having kids at 45. Won't be my portion, but I'm just saying it's possible. Where did Albany go? Albany went away. I'm, I'm right here. <laughs> Hello. Yes. But no, I agree with Lindsay. Pedro, did you have anything? Her face. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the finding yourself thing is actually a really big thing. I mean, who you are when you're 19 is completely different than who you are. Not completely different, but some things about you change, some your taste change, just like, you know, anything else in life, you know, over time. So, I mean, I think it's very important or very good that you all, um, you know, took the time to get to know each other, which leads me into uh, my next question. Um, do you feel that young couples these days rush into marriage instead of taking their time? Um, Cause now it's just like out of nowhere, you know, people pop up and it's like, oh, I'm married, you know? <laughs> You've already do it for like three months, you know, or whatever, you know, but why do you think that younger couples are rushing into marriage? Is it more of a thing of to keep from falling into fornication? Like what, what is maybe some of the reasons? So why we see more of that. When you say younger couples, what age are you pertaining to? I mean, I would, I would, I would say, I would say under maybe twenty five. I guess. Okay. I mean, well, that's not really young, young, but. Well, I will start, and I will say all a lot of couples of all ages are rushing into marriage. Praise the Lord. Well, yeah, yeah. Very true. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Um, but speaking from a very real perspective, and being a single young woman in a church. I'm not going to justify, you know, a wrong choice or something. 
I'm not gonna, it's not a, a sin because you know we talked about this in the last episode too because who was it they said marriage is supposed to be uh what did y'all say i didn't say it because clearly i'm having a hard time restating it uh but marriage is supposed to be sacred someone said and it is um but i, I think what it is is that as far as for women that are trying to wait you know and do things right I think we fall into the lonely stage and then we know we want this and we want that. So we kind of just meet somebody and we're like, oh, let's get married because we want to do it right. <laughs> um, and that's rushing. And the Joe had said, I know because she said this before, people don't want to like take time to get to know each other. And I have said this before. I was watching Kira Sheard and her mom. And one thing her mom said that has never has not left my brain yet. Thank the Lord. Um, she said that when her and Kiara Sheard's father were getting to know each other and dating, she was like, what we were doing was collecting data about each other. And she was like, your dad was really getting on my nerves to be quite honest. She told her, she said, that man was getting on my nerves. He really, really was. She said, but that's what you're doing. And see, now if she didn't date him, she wouldn't have known that he got on her nerves. And a lot of times today, the answer is yes. All couples of all ages, not all couples, but all ages. Sometimes we rush into things and we don't take time to get collect data from people. And we don't get, so we don't know that he's going to get on my nerves six months down the road because I just met him three months ago. So I don't even know what his favorite color is. You know, I, I just, you know, so I'm going to answer and say, yes, that's my short answer. Yes, we do. We rush into things because we want things. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a very true statement is really not just younger couples, because even if you look at it, um, people in the world like celebrities get married all the time. They only knew each other for a couple months and then um, or a couple years and then they're divorced. Or I mean, you look at um, Kim and Kanye <laughs> right now. So it's like it's not just younger couples, it's older ones, too. So what is like the rush and people wanting to get married, maybe without really knowing all of what marriage you know, takes? without really knowing the individual fully. Um, I think it could be, um, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it could be factors. Um, sometimes people are like afraid that that'll be the one that gets away if they don't have been like lock it down or whatever. Um, and they whether it's the one for them or not, like that's in their brain, that's the one for them. Um, I think there's an obvious one that people can't keep themselves and they feel like that's a solution. Um, and sometimes the sad part is, it's like competition almost. Like, oh, well, I'm the only one that's not married in my friend group and I got to go find someone. Like, it's just, it's really dumb stuff a lot of times, you know, <laughs> but it's a lot of different things. And I don't really think any of them are like even that valid anymore because as Albany was saying that I already said that, it's not really as sacred anymore to people. It's just a piece of paper, as a lot of times people will call it. And it's a lot more than that. But I, I don't know. I guess the meaning has been watered down for some, even though the actual meaning has never changed. Yeah. I also think sometimes people may get a little pressured, depending on you know where their headspace is. They may be listening to people from you know outside their relationship that says, oh, when y'all going to get married? When y'all going to do this? When y'all going to do that? The people outside on the outside, they don't know that you're going to do it on your own time, you know. But sometimes people may get, you know, a little under pressure and say, All right, let me just go ahead and do this so they stop bothering me about this. Yeah, know? 
And a lot of times the pressure comes from the other person. I guess with women, it happens more where it's like, when are we going to get married? When are we going to get married and put the pressure, you know, on the guy when in reality, he's really not ready. And then the divorce happens because he wasn't ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he did it to try to please you or whatever like that. So anybody else? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When, when me and Nico was like dating, or whatever, I told him. I said, "You got the end. You got the end of the year until you put a ring on my finger." That's what I told him. And at my graduation, he opposed me. But I feel like it wasn't pressure, just because, like, I mean, we were dating for like forever. I think it was just time. But we did take our time to, you know, solidify that marriage date. I guess we were still dating, or whatever. It wasn't pressure. Yeah, well, I don't think it was pressure. <laughs> I don't think anything's wrong with that because I knew of a couple that um, like a neighbor that they were together for like eight years or something like that. Nine years, 10, whatever, some long amount of time. And um, and they were like not our ages. They were like maybe two times our age. And at that age, I feel like, no, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. <laughs> At these ages, and you, I mean, I'm, I can't even have a kid no more, hardly. And you talking about eight years, we about to be in this house, and we building and adding decks and steps and brick and masonry in the work and landscape. Uh, -uh. when I'm sorry, at those type of ages, I feel like how I mean, I guess I can't say, but some people, I wouldn't know, but they say marriage changes things, and I, I have a, bit, a different perspective, and I don't want to offend anybody, so I'm going to be quiet on that. So yeah, <laughs> speak his truth. Speak his truth. <laughs> well, my perspective is, um, to me, when you know, growing up with church principle and biblical principles is different versus the world when you don't really go by biblical principles. So when you're already living together and when you already have stuff together, to me, it's like, well, what are you changing when you're getting married? And I'm, I'm sorry if I'm offending somebody. If I have, you can inbox me, text me, whatever. But it's not to necessarily offend you, but the truth of the matter is for me, I don't really see the difference, when, especially when it's years. It's mm -hmm. one thing if you went from an apartment and then now you're getting a home bill from ground up or something. But if you are years of living to years of living together and you have so much already established together and then like one day you just get married. Don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful thing. But what what changes? Maybe a married couple can help me. But I'm I'm very mm -hmm. serious about that because I honestly don't see and y'all can help me out. And if I, I don't want it to sound like I'm because marriage is a beautiful thing. Like we said before, it's supposed to be sacred and it is a beautiful thing. But when you've already done so much together for years and then you get married, what changes between that? And then, as we say, jump in the broom or whatever. That's what kind of confuses me. And I'm not trying to necessarily throw shade at you or anything like that or offend you. But I honestly don't see the difference. And when you have older couples that get married way down the line. I don't get that. Maybe somebody can clarify that for me. Cause I and Lizzie's been married, so she can help me out too. But I just don't I don't get that. But she wait, 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 let me clear it up. She wasn't doing what I said. y'all wasn't y'all both don't come from that <laughs> thing that I just explained. So let me clear it up for all the listeners. These two couples did not do what I'm explaining, but there are a lot of couples that have done everything together and then later on they get married. And for me, it's like, well, what changes besides the last name and the ring? And these days, I just even read or heard something where they said, like, even when you have kids or taking the husband's last name for the kids is, is a traditional thing. It's not even a thing of this decade. So nothing really changes. So I'm like, well, what changes when you do that? For me, I don't understand that. 
I mean, I think it's now in like society, it's like, okay, get a boyfriend, whatever, we're gonna move in together. That's just how it is now in society. So it's just like we living together, so I guess they get so comfortable with each other. So they don't wanna make that next step, which I don't I mean, I don't really understand either, but like they just get comfortable with each other. Okay. So you think it's a it's a comfort I do get it. Listeners, if you're listening, I do understand. It is a next step. But when you've experienced so many other things with the individual, and I'm not even talking, I'm talking about years, I mean, a long time. And then you get married. It's kind of, I don't, I really don't get that besides the name changing. And maybe I have to ask somebody that I know that has done that because I really don't, but they might get offended. And I just don't, I don't really understand that. Not necessarily. So y'all asked me to say my truth. So I said it and I hope I don't offend anybody, but. Um, I yeah. mean, some people don't even want to like. Some people don't want to be faithful either. So maybe they yeah. stepping out, whatever, with somebody else. That's, That's probably why I didn't want to get married either. Like, okay, That's I true too. Right to her, I can go do what I want to do. Or but see, that's the thing, though, Chloe. But like we said last episode, these days they get divorced so quick. It's just like, well, again. <laughs> so, but yeah, I understand. Like, so I just sometimes I have a hard time with it. I just don't necessarily get it. Yeah. I mean, well, I get what you're saying. Is, <clears throat> go ahead, Lindsay. I want to hear Lindsay because she can help me a little bit. Oh, I can't help you because I kind of understand what you're saying. What I don't understand is people who've been together for 10 years and then they get married for one and then they get divorced. I'm just confused because that's true, too. I don't get what changed. And maybe legally something changed, you know. And sometimes it's all about a mind thing. Some people, like, it's really in their mind. I think Chloe and Nico said it. It's like sometimes people trying to convince themselves that they really want to do this. And it's something different when it's legally binding instead of, you know what I mean, just living under one roof. Um, I think people rush into marriage due to societal pressures according to the man's standard. Everything has a time stamp. Thank you, Lizzie, for being out loud. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, you can address I, I it first since you're already talking. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think people, not even just societal, just not the society that pressures us into it. It's the church that pressures us into it too. Um, Ooh, yeah. And only and I can only speak from my own personal testimony that I feel like the season we were in when I was in churches, you graduate high school, you get married, you have kids, and you have reached the pinnacle of life. And that's not true. There are so many things that you can do. You can go out and be successful. You can go out and have a career and y'all can go out and as they say, win together. You know what I mean? There are so many things that you can do. Um, I'm not specifically, I can't speak from the statement of, I know what it's like for people to get married because maybe they've been doing this all this time and they finally get married and like, whoo, Jesus, I've been jacking up all this. Like we could do it in peace now. You know what I mean? Like people not saying that, but some people in their head probably like, who been sinning all these many years? But the Lord kept us and it's good now. So I don't know. Maybe that's it. Um, but it is a society, a societal pressure. And I think that we have to take the reins back from people and live our own lives, learn ourselves. Um, if you decide to get married at 19, 20, and that's good for you, that's okay. But don't put your things on other people. You know what I mean? Like, I can't look at Yanni and say, I got married at 23, sis, what you doing? You know what I mean? She may get married at 30. Somebody else may get married at 35. I think um, Bishop last week, uh, his wife, she said she was what when she got married? 30, did she say 39? 
What did she say? She did say one of those ages. I'm not sure. 49. It was, she said 49. So everybody's life is different. Everything doesn't look the same. And that's okay. And I think we need to, we need to say that because it was said to me one time too. And I was like, I don't know if I want to get married when I, when I met Nardo. And I think I should as well. All the day. And one of the mothers told me, she was like, well, if it doesn't come back around again, don't be complaining to God, you know, when you're not married in that next season. And the truth of the matter is, it's like, if I wasn't, that's okay. Because, you know, you don't have to jump on, you don't have to jump in every car that passes by. You know what I mean? You don't have to eat every plate that's set before you because you're going to eat again. You're going to get some food again. Um, so you just got to know what works best for you and how that is going to set up into your life. You don't have to be everybody else and the standard that everybody else, who's, whose standard is that? I mean, we talk about even ministry. Look at Jesus. He didn't start preaching until he was 30. People trying to be 19 and a half being apostles and elders and things like that. It's like some things take time for different people. Look at Josiah. He was eight or nine. And it's just like, God has different things for different people at an appointed time. And that's okay. Anybody else? All right. The next um, one of the things that I would <laughs> I wanted to say was I always hear somebody say that um, if you had to um, get divorced the same way that you got married, maybe that people will stop it. So at your divorce, you have to invite everybody back <laughs> and do the whole process um, to divorce the same way you did as a marriage. <laughs> But um, the next question that I had was, um, <clears throat> do you believe that marriage counseling actually helps to prepare for the things that one will experience um, in their marriage? <laughs> That's funny, that is very funny because we didn't get marriage counseling. We still haven't gotten yet. But mm -hmm. I think it's due to like COVID, we didn't really do anything right. But uh, so I really can't answer that question. So I heard I did hear that somebody every some people say it do help um, with marriages, but we haven't gotten together and we still married. So I guess I don't know. I guess it it's depends on the person. Months. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it depends it's on only the person. Been eight months. Um, I wouldn't. I would definitely encourage people to get marriage counseling. I, I feel like when you think about what it covers. I think it, it is helpful to have somebody like discuss all of the, you know, the finances and, you know, your, your different interests, your goals in life, stuff like that. And also keeping God in the middle, making sure you're on the same page with that. Um, I think I think I think it can be beneficial. I do think it can be beneficial to have marriage counseling, even though we didn't. But I think it can be beneficial. Anybody else? I think it's beneficial. It's dependent upon <laughs> put your chin down, baby. I think it's dependent I'm upon for you to get together. <laughs> also, it it just um, I think it. <laughs> let me figure out how I want to say this. I don't offend anybody. I think it is beneficial, but a lot of times I think people say that stuff was said and was not said in marriage counseling. I'm like you didn't say that you know what i mean i think it is beneficial one i think it's beneficial because it's important to hear those things you know what i mean um let me let me say this first you can get to marriage counselor and be like this ain't what i want and that's okay and that's what it's for because sometimes we put on this big present wrap it up in a bow 
And that's what we present ourselves to that individual. And sometimes they don't really see what's inside that box until you get to marriage counseling. It's like, hey, this is my desire. And it's important to air those things out because nobody wants to be blindsided. Nobody wants to get into somewhere and y'all are trying to get a house and both of y'all got a 400 credit score. Where you going to live? Y'all going to be with your parents? Like we laugh, but this stuff is important because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, do you want me to stay at home? Do you want me to be a stay at home wife? How do you run your money? How You know what I mean? These questions are important. So I am an advocate for premarital counseling. Um, be wise in um, how and who, you know, who you, who you choose. A lot of times we choose our pastors because they're our pastors, which is good. But sometimes it's some people out there who bring a lot different things to the table. And I'll just say Faith Tabernacle because there are so many other older couples um, that are, uh, that can give you, who've gone that way, who have walked down that same path that you're walking down. So I'm not saying that um, you'll be broken if you don't. Would I voice and encourage it? Yes, I will. Did I have it? Yes, I did have it. Do I thank God for it? Yes. Do I reference it? Yes. I'd be like, do you remember that one cold night we was in the pastor study and I said this and that was my desire. You know what I mean? Because people change up on you. You'd be like, nah, do you remember that? Um, so I think it's um, important to just to get get your wants and your desires out on paper because some things may not be important to the other person but it's all about learning what you want how you want to do things and you know we joke and laugh about the 400 credit score um, and we joked and laugh about Chloe saying okay you got this time frame to put a ring on it but that stuff is important like you're not about to date me for 10 years and then on the 12th year you feel like you want to go do something else that's not what we're doing um, I will teach my daughters that I don't understand that. I don't think you have to be with some, and it's a different thing. I think we talked about this too. You guys were in college, but like Aubrey said, if we 30, 32 and you come in, you don't have a clear, you don't have a clear financial plan. You don't have a clear career path. You know, today you want to be a, 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 a bricklayer tomorrow. You want to be an electrician. That's some non-negotiables. And I think that marriage counseling helps solidify some of those things and get some of our ideas out on the table, especially if we're not good communicators. So I agree that it's beneficial and necessary. And even if they didn't go right now down the road, even if they're a year in, you could be like, you guys can table that and be like, oh, I see why, you know, why, you know, this is good for us or this is beneficial for us. So your, your marriage is not doomed if you didn't get it. Um, but there's always it's always an asset to reach back and get it. I wanted to follow it up with um, this question. Do you necessarily have to have a, I guess, a Christian um, counselor or your pastor as the counselor? Can you go to just, you know, an outside source or, you know, just any counselor and get the same amount of guidance or, you know, counseling that way? Because I feel sometimes, you know, maybe with your pastor, it may be a little bit different with them knowing you versus, you know, someone who doesn't know you. So do you necessarily have to have a Christian, you know, counselor or your pastor as the counselor? Believer? Yes. Pastor? No. Because a lot of times um, 
I think it's important to come with nobody who nobody knows anybody because no one feels like they're going to be on your side because you know them or you have that repertoire with them. Um, believer, yes, because I believe that all that we are in him, we live, move and have our being. And I just can't. Imagine. This is me personally, y'all. I would not want to go to somebody who is an atheist because their thought stem does not stem from anything I desire. I feel like your advice would give to me. Not saying you can't have, you can't research tactics that have been good. You know what I mean? But I'm just, for me personally, I would prefer it to be a believer. Um, apostolic, uh, that's, you know, we getting into the nitty gritty detail. You want potatoes? Do I want I don't know, rice thing. You're getting into the nitty gritty details, but um, going to somebody who is a believer and doesn't know me, that could be even more beneficial because sometimes um, I think pastor was saying it yesterday on the seminar is sometimes our pastors don't have that um, teaching um, and how to counsel and do certain things like Dr. Michael Mars. He's a therapist. So some things he knows how to approach and attack differently than someone who may just be a pastor. You know what I mean? Or even Pastor Calloway, she be coming with some examples. I remember one time, just joke, y'all. Pastor Fernando was like, Pastor Calloway, she did this. And Pastor Calloway stopped in the middle of the aisle and was like, but what did you do? And, you know, some people have that um, that gift or that experience to, you know what I mean, that others may not have. So I think it's okay. I think some people's feelings might be hurt, but you got to do what's best for you at the end of the day as a couple and equip yourselves with the tools necessary to succeed. And sometimes the tools in your toolbox may not be what I need to build a shed. So I'm going to have to go to somebody who got a whole Home Depot and and that's okay. Um, but we'd be so busy worried about hurting people's feelings, but you got to do what's best for you and your yours. Okay. Um, anybody else? I mean, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, personally, like if it was me, I would want a believer because I think that we tend to view marriage in a different eye um, than yes, just a regular person. Um, and we, yeah. But personally, that's what I would say. But I definitely do agree with having someone outside your pastor. This is nothing against my own pastor. But I just feel like, in general, sometimes it, it could create a bias. And again, not saying that that's what my pastor would do. But, you know, on either side, um, I just feel like having that third party who is basically unknown to both of you guys um, helps get a clear picture of what you're trying to get across, you know, and all that and stuff like that. So I feel like that, I second that. Anybody else want to comment? Should, do you necessarily need a Christian counselor or can you go to just a, a non-Christian counselor? Um, I think I agree with Lizzie, Lindsay too. Like, I think we do need somebody who has that uh, same belief system as you because why would I want to go to somebody who's like, Lindsay said, why would I want to go to an atheist? Because you're not going to view the same thing I view. So, yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I want to follow that with this question here. Um, do you think that social media um, plays a part in how some marriages go? Um. 
Well, clearly, <laughs> I think it has a plays a part into how every relationship goes. Because it's like even in the dating process, like it it makes a difference. Because it's like a lot of times with the females, it's like, oh, you didn't post me on your social media, so it's not official. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so do you think that social media plays a part in how some marriages go? With some marriages, you know, um, yeah. Anybody want to answer that? <laughs> yes. Because I think 100% yes. Um, it's part of what you said. And then it's just like, I just feel like it's a competition for let's see who has the best relationship. Right. Like, oh, my man, he got me a new car. Well, he got me a new car and it was a Ferrari. Like, okay, come on. Like, are you happy though? That's the real question. How much is are your you car happy? payment? Let's talk about that. <laughs> are you happy when you shut down the social media and it's just y'all two? Like, and I think that's the problem. Um, social media is a competition in general, really. But I think these days people are longing for a love that's hard to find. And so when they find someone that just thinks they look nice, they're putting them on a pedestal and they're really not even all that of a person. But because they finally have something now, oh, I can show off too, and my man or my woman, whatever. And it's not really any substance there. So sadly enough, it does play a big part um, in, like you said, relationships and marriages um, because, and especially like when people are in maybe a relationship that's bad, the second that they find something that is good in the relationship, oh, they're quick to jump and say, oh, look what we're doing. Especially people know it's not that great. That's kind of the sad part, but okay. yeah, it's unfortunate, but it does happen and it's like, if you just take the time to separate yourselves from that and actually work on you 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 can be the happiest couple in social media. Let me know what's going on in your life, because they don't need to. Because it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't really better your relationship at all. So yeah. And one of the crazy parts is like, <laughs> when it doesn't work out, now you gotta go through and delete and change your status. <laughs> Anybody else? That's true because a lot of people do just post up social media just. Because whatever, but with us, I we don't really post our relationship that much. We I I do it sometimes, but not like every single day. Like I know who we are as a couple, so I don't need to post anything for anybody. I just do it for the fun of it. But other than that, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, people look at social media, and I think they don't realize like when they're trying to go after what they see on social media, it's like, all you're really going after is just that image of what you think a relationship should look like. But they don't know anything that's behind the scenes, really. So, you know, they just kind of, in a way, they're kind of misguided, but they're misguiding themselves. You can't blame social media. You're the one that decided you wanted to go and follow that image that you saw, or at least chase after that image, but you don't even know how they got where they are. You don't even know if they're happy. You don't know what's going on. But you just see a nice shiny car or they're on vacation or whatever the case may be, and you think, oh, all must be perfect. I want somebody like that that's gonna right. do that. But no. Yeah. I think Nico said it right. It's um a lot of times people think that what they're seeing is real, and a lot of times it's it's not real. Um a lot of people try to justify to themselves or they try to validate themselves. Um, by posting on social media, like this is, this is what I have. You know what I mean? Like you ever, 
I don't know. Let me let me not say that. Um, but a lot of times people try to post things so that you can see, you know, what they have. But they said at best is like when you shut down all that stuff, are you really happy or are you just trying to show that for comparison to the next person? Like, oh, my husband bought me this too, girl. He did this. Um, I'm kind of glad. Well, I'm glad my husband don't have social media um, at all. And I post them sometimes. Yes, but it's not for validation because right. social media validates nothing for me in my life. I mean, I appreciate y'all saying thank you. Hi. My family is beautiful. <laughs> um, but uh, it doesn't validate anything. I think we do it because, you know, we we do want to show. You better tell of his goodness. Tell what the Lord did for you. Um, um, Show those different things. But a lot of times, I think it's some and some because you can't compare yourself to anybody. Because the truth of the matter is a lot of those celebrities, too, who post and stuff, they post and stuff. They get in a diamond ring. But what did they have to do for that diamond ring? Like how many times did they have to get beat upside the head, um, get cheated on, left out in the cold? Um, I think it was NBA Youngboy. He was not a rapper in my time, so I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, But the girl was sleeping in the lobby and then she tattooed his face. Like, no, that's that's not it, baby. That's truly not it. And I think it's what you allow it to do to you. You can't compare yourself again to anybody else but your relationship, especially nowadays in this world where people are displaying toxic behaviors and calling it love. And it's not love. It's toxic is what it is. Um, I don't know. What's that one guy who has really nice teeth? Um, and he just got married in this lavish ceremony. Um, Anybody know? Who? He, he's a rapper. Oh, Gucci Mane. Gucci, Gucci Mane. And people are like jealous of his his wife. Yeah. And it was like, well, she held him down for all them years. I'm. It couldn't have been me, sis, because I'm not about to chase you for 20 years, be cheated on and do certain things like that. So you have to know, know the difference between reality and you know what I mean? And fake. Because these reality shows ain't real neither. Sis. Stop trying to um stop trying to compare yourself to people who, who are living unhappy and who are unhappy anyway. And I just wanted to point this out why so my mind Keyshawn said it's so important to get therapy before you get married. And that is so true. <laughs> and it's true because it's like a lot of times we it's unresolved issues in our past. <laughs> Okay, because you're not sick, sis. <laughs> Unresolved issues in our past that come to haunt us or destroy us. So it's, it is important. I think having a Jesus and a therapist is okay. Uh, um, I mean, everyone's kind of said things already. I just think social media, I just... <laughs> Sometimes we just post things for validation or we post things to make people think that we have one thing or something or make like it's this when it's not. <laughs> it's just how social media is. Quite frankly, I couldn't care less what kind of car you drive because of my the area that I work in. I already I see stuff like that every day. You can flaunt this, but in your bank, you have two pennies. So I, I don't care. Um, it, it's It's just about making people think that we have this when in reality we have nothing. Um, and sometimes I think we just, we just, social media makes us do this. It's like, oh, well, let me show somebody I got this new cell phone. When I mean, it's just, we post carpet. If we get new carpet, we post it. I mean, it's just, 
<laughs> I don't know. It just, you know, makes us do things. I agree with what everybody said. It just, we look at other things and we aim for it when, like Nico said, in reality, we don't know what you're going for something, almost like a fake picture that you see in a store of a happy couple that's there for a decoration. And we're going, we're going after our decoration, something that's false, really. Because at the end of the day, when you're looking at somebody else, that's not who you are at the core. So you're going after like something that's false because it's never, you're never going to be somebody else. You have to be you. So, yeah. That was like um, a good point. Because like, what is that boundary? Like with Gucci Man or, um, I mean, I don't know. I can't think of nobody, but like in the Gucci Man situation where you went through all of that, you know, I guess to get out on the better side. So it's like, how much do you have to take in order to, because we meet people at different stages of their lives. You know, you meet, you may meet someone in the, you know, beginning stages where they are out cheating and whatever and got, you know, lust and everything that they're dealing with. And then you can meet them 10 years from now and they're completely different. So it's like, what is that boundary you know, between should you stick that out until that person grows into that or grows into the person that, you know, they could potentially be or like, should you just cut it off and just, you know, run? I mean, that wasn't a question. That was more of a statement. But if y'all had an answer, <laughs> you could jump there. I mean, I guess it just depends on the people. Like, I don't know Gucci Man and his wife, whatever. So, for, like Lisa said, I'm not going to. Well, I, don't, I I can't say I'm not going to do it because when Nico go to jail for 20 years, <laughs> I can't. I just can't say I'm going to divorce you. I can't do that. But like, if we was like boyfriend girlfriend and he went to jail for 20 years, I guess it depends on that relationship. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it does depend on the individual. To be honest. Um, you know, I, I, th- I think um, for one, you got to have a lot of patience to even, yeah. you know, wait that long for somebody. I mean, faithfully wait. You don't go do your own little thing while they're there. You just staying loyal right there. I, I think it really just depends on the person, to be honest. Because, yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> my next question was Do you believe couples should discuss financial status prior to marriage? Yeah, absolutely. It's a big yes for me. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want you going to nobody marriage and you don't know what they have. <laughs> yeah, or what they working with. So yeah, you should definitely discuss financial issues with services with your partner. I've had a lot of conversations with um people, married folk who've been married, you know, ten plus years or so, and a lot of times they do bring up finances being a big problem in marriages. So, I mean, I do think that's kind of important to discuss. Um, do I think it's the most important thing? No, but I do think it is very important to discuss your finances before getting married. Anyone else? It's for sure important. Like Nico said, I'm not sure if it's the most important thing. It's up there. It might not be the most important thing, but it definitely is up there in one of those top three slots Um, because it's not even I think people like joke and play like it's not like it's okay if you don't have nothing saved. You know what I mean? Like if we you 23 and I'm 21, I'm not about to expect you to have no, you know what I mean? No massive 401k, 
no, you know, $40,000 in your savings account or things like that. But we need to talk about where we are and we need to talk about our vision on where we're going. Again, y'all laughing, but I'm not trying to stay with a mother-in-law. Or I'm not trying to stay. Like, why would I? And people call me bougie, but why would I leave my mother's house where I have my own bathroom? And I'm living in a house to go with you. Live in somebody else's house in a room. You know what I mean? Like we being funny. <clears throat> um, but I think that is it's crucial. It is definitely crucial. And and I'm not even saying it. I think Albane said it before, it gotta be the man. Maybe it's the woman with a better better credit score. But one of us need to be able to get something if our car breaks down. Can we go get a car? And I'm being honest, like when I met my husband, I was 23. I didn't have it all together. He was 29. Yeah, I would expect some level of you are different, you know, from what I was. And I appreciate that about my husband. Like, I know there's not one time where I have fretted over him not providing for us. Even even if he walked away from a job, even if he did something, that is not a stressor of mine. And I can say that is a blessing to my life. Um, And I probably don't tell him thank you enough, but. I, I just just not Mommy. something that I think about or stress Please. about, and it is important. Take time. So I have a question for you guys too. So do y'all do y'all think that the man should be the provider for the household, or both, or just what? When you say provider, what um, do you mean? Can you like, be a little bit more specific? And all the bills, like paying everything. Uh-oh. No, I don't believe that. Um, I believe everybody's different when it comes to um, couples. Um, I believe whatever works for your household is fine. Um, that's what I believe as far as for bills to answer your question. I'll let everybody answer your question before I say what I was going to say to the whole question. Personally, um, I, I don't even think that's fair. Like, yeah. If we both bringing in money so while we can't work out something... I'm not gonna be like, oh, we gotta split it down the middle, and this bill is four dollars. Okay, with my two dollars, nothing that extreme. <laughs> but like, I don't think that's fair, personally. Um, if the man is only working, okay, you know. But again, everybody's gonna decide differently for their households how they want to do it. But me just kick back and my money coming in, not going out, and his is all the time. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's fair, personally. Yeah. I think it's a lot different now because I guess back in the days, that's how it was. Like the man would go out, I guess, on the farm or whatever <laughs> and, and do the work and then come home and, you know, the woman takes care of the kid. So I think the standards of, you know, how that went, you know, was much different back in the days versus how it is today where, um, you know, the woman does work now. The woman does go to college and take care of the kids, you know, at the same time. So it's a little bit different nowadays versus how it used to be in regards to you know the household and bills and everything like that i agree i don't think it's fair um i said that y'all but i do pay a few bills no one nobody think that i'm out here working my husband as a hebrew slave because i believe that but also you have to taking it back provide is a loaded question because being a provider does not just include monetary money. Can you provide for me emotionally? Can you provide for me spiritually? You know what I mean? And those are things we don't talk about. Um, provider, can you cover me? Um, so when but she we, just said bills, though, is why I asked. <laughs> no, that's what I'm telling. That's what I'm. That's what I mean to you. It's like it's such a loaded, <laughs> such a loaded question. 
Um, but it's uh, it, 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 it's it's important. But no, I believe we live in a different time frame nowadays where it takes two people to two person income to live. And if you don't do that, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying that I personally don't want my husband and in his mind in his mind and i can't really speak for him but from what i know of him it's his desire to provide for us it's his desire that you know i take care of the kids um but i don't want my husband to work so hard that he retired at 70 and died at 72 and he has not enjoyed a good life because he worked hard every single day like i want my husband to go on vacation i want him to do certain things. I want him to enjoy certain things. Um, I think that it would really be a really selfish heart for you to have a full-time job. Your husband has a full-time job and he, and you got money in the bank and he's struggling. Like, I just don't think that's just not fair. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is like some women are, I guess the providers as far as finance and some, I mean, I guess that's more in the hood and stuff like that. What he got your car all day. You got your Nissan Altima you know, dropping you off at work and then he's gone doing whatever <laughs> with no job. <laughs> Cause that, that definitely does happen. Uh, anybody else? That's just a conversation you gotta have, I guess, before y'all get married. Okay, what are we gonna do? Are you gonna be, what are we gonna do with these bills? Like, is it gonna be 50-50? Is it gonna be just one person? So that's just a conversation you just have to have with your partner. So is it more of an ego thing in terms of like between the man and woman? Like if the woman does make more money than the guy, um, because some, you know it's an ego thing. Some men some, probably some do men think it's an ego thing, but I don't have a problem with that. If Chloe makes more money than me, that's fine. Yeah, I have no problem with that. Okay. So. All right, my um, one question um, at me someone wanted to ask was are married couples putting um enough emphasis on sextivities sextilities i'm sorry did we make up that word or is that actually a word <laughs> just want to know it's a made-up word i heard someone use <laughs> can you elaborate on that question is this like in the church or is this um I, I guess How do you want us to answer this? In the church? I guess okay. in the church. Well, I mean, while everybody else is thinking, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm going to say in my church, I don't know if enough, but it's definitely emphasis put on it because <laughs> one thing my pastor will say, aka my dad, he'll say like, you're, you'll cover up, you'll come to church and you want to show your chest, but then when you go home, you up to your neck and then you're wondering why when your husband go to the gym he sees sally bending and flexing and he's getting excited because you're at home and you up here to your neck but then when you at church you got everything all out that's when it's supposed to be covered up so i don't i think it depends on i don't you said couples though so i guess you're not talking about like leaders teaching on it or sessions or counseling teaching on it i guess the question is more so geared towards couples i don't really know how to answer the question per se because I don't know if you're just going to couples and saying, do you feel like enough sex? Is, do you feel like sex is being emphasized enough? I don't really know how to answer the question. Um, I, well, I can answer it, but I'm not, a, I don't have, I mean, I don't the, rea have the reality is, is I guess a lot of people, um, well, I, I guess more so for men, they feel that once they get married, it's like, okay, everything stops. Like, I'm not, okay. you know what I mean? But I've heard women say that too. Like women to say, like, well, it, in the getting, I want her stage. It's 
sending right. you flowers, opening doors, doing this. But as soon as they get you, it's like, okay, it, it could be sleet outside and they all the way in the store, but you just opening up your door. So I think that's on both sides. I think men just might emphasize it more than the woman does. I'm not really sure. I've heard it on both sides. So I can't necessarily say I agree with that. I've heard women say the same thing. Like he used to do this, he used to do that. Now he doesn't. When I hear men say it, it's primarily about sex. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I just the, the the men that you hear say that are they like older men or the younger men? It's um, usually young men that it's usually younger. But I've heard maybe a couple of older men say it too, like older men. But it's usually um like young mid age, like thirties, something like that. Okay. So this question, I don't know if I necessarily know how to. What it, I guess I'm emphasis not. like, no, huh? Not. What is sextivities like? I'm trying I mean, to like. Are you trying to like? I think, question, I'm trying like, to find the word. <laughs> I think the viewer that asked this question was more so referring to like the sex life, like you know, pleasing so your, your yes. partner. Okay, um, pleasing your partner. Like, are they was there, were they asking like the point that you? I think they're saying that you sh they don't put enough emphasis on the fact that you should please your partner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna go with that. Okay. Well, I, I don't know how to say that. I don't know if they're meaning like <laughs> if they're saying like couples like if we all had a couple and we're like yeah you should please your you should please your mate you should please your mate like i don't necessarily know if they're saying like like the church should teach that you should or like couples should go around like letting people know like if you have a problem with that you should so i'm gonna be quiet because i need to think a little more i mean i think you know when you talk about sex activities i think that's kind of more of a private thing between husband and wife i don't know if they would necessarily share i mean some some do amongst you know the right group or whatever um i'm not sure if you know people do put enough emphasis on sex on sex activities uh, <laughs> do we put enough emphasis on i think we do like i think, we do. I think in, as a merged yeah. couple you're supposed to put emphasis on your sex activities right. I mean, that can be like just going to the store and buying something just bringing it home like you got to keep the fire burning that's all that's what i think i think it's also through communication you gotta listen to and pay attention to your partner and see what your partner likes. Right. So Evan, you can bring this home. <laughs> Y'all said it so beautifully. I think that I, I don't know who answered asked the question because I didn't see it come up. And I'm not watching the comments, but if I'm just reading from my own perspective, I think they're saying, is there enough emphasis put on sex in marriage? And in my opinion, the, the bedroom is undefiled. So I'm not saying you have to go. Mommy, Elmo. Yep, Elmo. You don't have to, um, you know, get a bullhorn and say, this is what me and my husband are doing. But if the person, whoever asked the question can say if I'm wrong, I don't think that there is enough emphasis put on it from the biblical perspective, I think is what they're saying from church and just how important that it is in a relationship. Because what happens is, and I've heard this being from my personal community when we had a, um, just a, a I ain't even gonna say a kickback. We just had one of our Friday night hangouts on Zoom and we were talking about it. And it's like, they tell you that uh, sex is wrong um, and don't do it. And then 
after they tell you that sex is wrong, don't do it. Then you get married. And uh, y'all probably heard me say this before. And then they say hang from the chandeliers. So there's no, you know what I mean? There's no bridge that they get, you know, they just say start at one and then end at a hundred. Um, so I'm not sure that I don't believe there is enough emphasis put on it. Like it's okay. Um, like we were talking about how we would tell our kids, let's not lie. Sex is good. It's meant to be good. It's good in covenant and it's good in marriage. Um, I don't want you to be out here going sleeping with every Joe Smo. That's what we're not mean that is good. But I've never heard of the word activities. So I'm not sure what they're encompassing. Because if we're putting activities in it, it's kind of no, like I put, said. I put that on there. Oh, <laughs> it could it could be anything like um going to the store and picking something up. You have to know what works best for you and your spouse. And that's, I think that people have to realize is it's not a one size fits all for everybody because everybody love language is different. And Nico said is I have to pay attention and look at what my spouse likes and dislikes. And that's the important thing in the sex activities, I'm assuming. Um, But yeah, you got to keep the fire burning. Like who, I mean, it's the dead in the winter time. Who trying to sit in front of a fireplace that ain't got no, you know, no wood in it? Um, and who trying to stay married and you're not being pleased, you know? And that goes for both part partners. And that's just not sex either. That's communication. That's emotionally. That's, you know what I mean? <clears throat> Can you help push me to my dream? So it, it's it's a lot in there. It's a loaded question. I think there should be more emphasis taught on those things um, in classes. And we should not just tell kids, don't do it because it's bad. Because God intended for it to be good in covenant. And then let's not show them how to bridge the gap because I'm not condoning um, premarital sex. Um, but it's, it's just a lot in there. I think I would need more um, information on what they were trying to ask and in what area. Okay. Anybody else want to comment before I go to the um, last question? All right, so as um, <clears throat> church youth, what are some things that are um, off limits, like in the the dating process? Because, you know, like we were talking about on last week's um, episode in regards to like how they were taught, you know, that certain things were like off limits or, you know, y'all couldn't go to the movies or, you know, being in riding in the same car with, you know, a guy was automatically thought to be something you know, going on. So like, what are some things that are off limits? Like, okay, should y'all hold hands? Should y'all kiss? Should y'all not? Like, what what are some of the things that, you know, are like off limits? Y'all had a lot of stuff off limits. (laughs) 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 It was the y'all for me. (laughs) (laughs) He say confrontation, I don't know why. But he said that we had a lot of stuff off limits, but me and Nico, we grew, we both we all apostolic, but he grew up in a different apostolic than I guess us. Like well, he can go to the movies and stuff. I couldn't go to the movies. Or whatever. So uh Okay. <laughs> so what's the question? Off limits. Uh, I don't know. What's the stuff that was off limits? Can we go in your church and just? Like, yeah, I mean, we can't. We can, you know? I mean, we were so young, we couldn't do anything do anyway. <laughs> it don't mean that you, we were just, just couldn't do it. 
we was in high school, so it was like we just seen each other. We seen each other in school all the time, so it's just like, yeah, that's my boyfriend, whatever. At the awkward age, I guess I don't know, but hello. See the old saints would say you can't have no boyfriend. See, that's your little friend. <laughs> yeah, everybody knew I had a boyfriend. Well, if they tell everybody knew whatever, but yeah. Anybody else? <laughs> I said, what's off limits? Um, I mean, what are some things that are off limits? I feel like we mentioned this. Um, I don't. What? What? The I think when you ask that question, you have to ask yourself: Can I even handle this? What can I handle? What can I not handle? I think that's really the answer to that question, because. Somebody, I can hold somebody's hand and it's okay, I'm holding their hand, but somebody else can hold somebody's hand and they're ready to jump in the bed. I mean, <laughs> it's, just, it's not the same, it's not the same for everybody. And certain things, I again, I just don't see a problem with, but I think if you have that question in your mind, you're just unsure whether it's about your personal strengths and weaknesses or not, I think you should seek wise counsel. Um, and say, hey, I guess pastor or something like that. I'm interested in this young man, this young woman. What is it that we can and cannot do? Or usually there's already a set of rules or something like that. So, I mean, it's really different for everybody. I th- yeah, I think it's different. Just like, I don't, that's why it's hard for me to ask this question because I was already taught that you're supposed to wait to, be have, to get married to have sex or whatever like that. Like, so it was like it's already implanted in our brains that we can't. All that we could do is hang out. I mean, I guess like <laughs> what else can we do? I don't, I don't think that. Can y'all hear? Oh, she's talking. I can't hear. Oh no, I was saying there was a lot that people do other than you know sex. Yeah, I was going there too. But go ahead. No, I was just saying I don't think just sex is off limits, um, and I don't think it should. I don't think it's just. I think it is. Everybody's different, but there are certain things that are across the board that we just shouldn't do as believers. Everything is not just black and white in the scripture. Um, these are like some of the scriptures that I said we use as a crutch, but sometimes they do apply. Like all things are lawful but not expedient, so it might not be wrong, but you shouldn't be doing it if you call yourself a born again believer. Dating somebody and doing specific things, being in certain places together when nobody else is there, it shouldn't happen. Um, because next thing you know, here you are doing something and now you find yourself in a predicament. But if you were never there, it would have never happened. So, and I don't have to lay it out. I'm sure we all can use our imagination because it could be more than one thing. Um, I don't think, and it could lead to sex. It could lead to anything. Um, So I don't think that just because it's nothing necessarily wrong with it, there are certain places and certain things that we just necessarily shouldn't do. Or um, I guess you can go by your feeling, but I don't think all the time just because it doesn't feel right doesn't mean that you should be doing it. Um, I think that we have to use our wisdom and the more we grow in Christ, we'll have wisdom on what we should and should not do. so, because there's a lot that you can do um, that don't look right. There's things that people do that aren't couples that don't look right. Older people can do things that don't look right. You can be married and do something with another man or another woman that didn't look right because that's not your mate. It could be the way you greet somebody during church that don't look right. 
<laughs> that might not be a sin because all you did was greet them, but it don't look right. So let's let's simmer down. You know, it's just certain stuff that uh um you I could think of a few things, but it's just certain things that it, it just kind of shouldn't like um you just gotta watch out for because if somebody sees it, they can interpret the wrong thing. Now I've said before that we use certain scriptures as a crutch. Well, oh well, that it looked like this. Well, it may have looked like that, but that's not what it was. You know, we can't say that for everything because we think that it shouldn't, you know, shouldn't have been. But there are some things where that scripture does apply. Um, so we do have to watch out for those things. Um, I think that's good. I think <clears throat> we've answered this question before, but it's definitely up to the individual couple. Um, I told y'all my friend said rules without Mama, day, day. Mm -hmm. rules without relationship leads to Mama, day, day. yeah rules without re rules ah. without relationship leads day, to rebellion. Day. So you can tell people all day long what they're not supposed to do, but people are gonna do what they want to do regardless. Um, so you have to know what you can and cannot handle. Of course, we have a standard um each church has rules that we you know that govern that house um and it governs that house uh but for you and your i don't know potential i don't know if this is your fiance if this is somebody that you're just courting you guys have to come up with your own rules because um it may not be stuff that may not necessarily be a sin but you have to know i don't know which one of y'all said it what you can and cannot handle uh, we laughed about the holding hands but some people can't sit next to people because then they're ready to you know let's be you know true and real um yeah then we end up in the pastor's office um so you have to know what you can and what you cannot handle um, and that's okay. Um, my list may be different from your list. We may be able to go out and ride together and eat dinner. You may need to have somebody drop you off at the restaurant and pick you up. And that's okay. You know, ain't no judgment over here. If you're trying to live holy, you're trying to live holy. I get it. Um, but everybody, everybody's list is different and you have to, um, know what should be off limits for you because sometimes it's not just sex sometimes it's those late night conversations that turn into something else sometimes it's those outside outings where it's just the two of y'all where one thing leads to another and a lot of times people look at it as rules but my friend said it's really a guardrail to protect you from certain things because when you're really trying to honor god you really want to honor him. You know what I mean? And sometimes we think we're strong enough, but when you have those boundaries set in place, it, it comes, it kicks in. It's like a generator. You thought that your power wasn't going to go out, but it kicks in just when you need it. Because sometimes it was like, whoo, I didn't even know myself. I was struggling with that. But those accountability partners and the, and the things that you put in place save you from situations and temptations like that. So um, as church youth, there are certain things like Albany said that we ought not do. Um, because we're in the world, we're not of the world. And I know we hear that all the time, but we have to be very careful with just how the adversary is using us to do his work and we don't even know it. Um, so as an example, and as children of the light, there are things that just, we just don't do. Um, and you know, those are different to other people. And then there are also rules that you have to abide by when you are with your spouse, Fiance, court, and boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm not sure of the titles, but um, and that's meow, yep, meow. Um, 
and it, it looks different for everybody and that's okay but if you know if you have questions you know reach out to somebody who already did it, it was like what did you do you know to keep yourself or you know what things did you not do you know what i mean because there are people out here living holy there are people out here doing it the right way and there are people out here who are successfully married and happy and not married and miserable Absolutely. And um, that was the last question that that I had for today. Um, And we're wrapping up our marriage hour discussion. And next week we will have a topic on Christian branding, um, Christian businesses. So definitely tune in on next week for that discussion. Um, Thank you, Chloe and Nico for joining us. Oh, we didn't. um, Bye, Siri. Uh, I hope we didn't like interrupt your dinner or you know nothing like that. (laughs) Still trying to figure out what I eat. All right, so we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, Liz, did you want to pray us out? Or is okay, Albany? Did you want to pray us out? Because I know Lay is busy. Lord, we just want to thank you for this podcast on today. We hope somebody got something from it, Lord God. We hope that somebody was blessed by it. We ask you to continue to bless us all, touch us by our hearts, touch our minds, touch our soul. If anybody is sick in their body, oh God, we ask that you touch, heal, and deliver from the top of their head all the way to the bottom of their feet. Lord, we ask you to bless anybody that has been listening in any country, Lord God. We pray again that they get something from the podcast. We ask you to continue to bless us to do this every Sunday. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right. Thank <laughs> you.